In this episode, we're speaking to Kate House. Kate House is the host of Live by Design podcast, health coach, yoga instructor, media meditation enthusiast, slow but steady runner, boy mama to two, wife to her college sweetheart, and an unapologetic advocate uh, for you to be living uh, your dream life. She helps women who feel stuck but have a deep desire for change, ditch the personal growth overwhelm by providing focused, action-oriented learning that allows you to grow self-confidence muscle um, and actually take action and uh, so we'll be talking to Kate today to find out how she changed her life by changing her mindset let's find out money mindset with girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession, or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Girl Khan, your money mindset expert. And today we have the amazing, we have the wonder, we have the beautiful Kate House. Welcome, Kate. Oh my gosh, Gul. Thank you so much for having me here. It is such a pleasure to share this time and space with you. Oh, thank you for coming as a guest. We are excited to speak to you too. Uh, Kate, everyone's heard how amazing you are, but please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. Absolutely. So I like to say, that by day, I'm a full-time stay-at-home mom with my two little boys. I have a four-year-old and a three-year-old, and they keep me on my toes. (laughs) And I love getting to spend my days with them. And I live in a small town in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and I'm married to my college sweetheart, which I never expected to even date seriously in college. So that's still such a surprise to me, but we've been together since we were 18, which is just so wild. And so that's what I do during the day, hang out with my little guys. And by night, I am the host of the Live by Design podcast, a place where we release overwhelm and we get unstuck and we finally launch ourselves into action. And uh, in addition to the podcasts, I do one-on-one coaching and I have a women's collective that just gives me so much like love and light and energy into my day to, to be in community with other people who are really trying to live by design and not by default. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. So talk us through, Kate, how did you end up being here? So I know you've, you've achieved a lot and you're highly successful and you've got an amazing podcast, but there's a journey behind this. So I really want to learn the journey. How did it all start from you? And, you know, talk us through, I mean, you've, you've shared such a wonderful life, but obviously there's been peaks and troughs as there are for everybody. Talk us through. Yeah, absolutely. So this desire to live by design and not by default really goes all the way back to my childhood. So I am the oldest of four and the second in our family is my brother, David. And David was born just with a a lot of more challenges in his life than many of us. He's nonverbal. He was a type one diabetic. He had severe scoliosis. He was on the autism spectrum. It It was hard for him to communicate with others. And so I, I saw him having to work so hard, right, to just to do things that were physically challenged, challenging in order to, to to communicate well. And I realized like what a gift it was that some of these things came to me a little bit more easily, right? I'm in a body that's physically capable. I have mm-hmm. the ability to speak without, uh, you know, we all learn sign language, so we communicate with him, right? But he had to work so hard. And I realized like, wow, like the life that I've been given 
like what a blessing that is. And Mm -hmm. it would be such a disservice not to really lean into that. Right. And, but then it's funny because I, I started growing up and I was very much a perfectionist and a people pleaser, like, you know, Phi Beta Kappa in college kind of thing. Like I, I was really good at school. I was really good at doing what I was quote supposed to do. And Mm -hmm. so graduated from college, started my first nine to five. And it was the job that everyone tells you like, this is, this is great. Like there's so many great benefits. You're getting to travel, meet really interesting people, but it just, it wasn't work that lit me up. Right. Mm. I was feeling kind of listless, right. A little direction list. I, I kind of felt like anybody could do the job that I was doing. And I wanted to do something that only I could do. And eventually at 25, I like kind of jokingly say that I had a quarter life crisis, but like I actually had a quarter life crisis, right? Right on time at 25. I I remember being in this season of being overwhelmed with my work responsibilities, not knowing yet how to articulate that I needed help. I was like, well, you know, I can fix anything. So I'll just work longer hours or try harder. And I burnt myself out. I started having like nightmares that my email had crashed. Like I was like, this is, if I woke up one day and somebody asked me like, would you choose what you're doing right now? Mm. Be like, no, I, I won't. I don't want to choose feeling stressed and anxious and crying all the time. And I, I just, I was so overwhelmed. And I finally had this moment where I was sitting on my couch one day and my husband was there and I was just crying. I was just, I just didn't know like what to do to change things. And I just remember him sitting there next to me being so kind and supportive and just saying like, I wish I could help. Like, I wish I could change this for you. And not all of us have like a light bulb moment in our lives. Right. But this was my like, ding, (laughs) like the light bulb turned on. And I was like, oh, I have to. I have to do it myself, right? Mm-hmm. Like nobody is coming to save me. Nobody's going to like reach out their hand and be like, here is your calling and you should pursue it. I had to like, I had to take action. Yeah, And it was so hard. <laughs> I don't know why it was so hard. And, and at first I couldn't even do it just for myself. I had to do it because I saw the pain it was causing my husband to see me in like such a, a difficult season. Right. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in a place where I can make these decisions just because I love myself really well. Yeah. Right. But even back then I was like, oh my gosh, this is hurting him. I need to change this. And then eventually I fell in love with myself over the journey. And so I put in my notice at the work and I mean, it was like a tearful goodbye. I loved the people I worked with. Um, the, the lack of direction there was at no fault their own. It was me knowing that there was something else, like I had this stirring in my heart to do something, to serve people, to connect. And I wasn't doing it in that capacity, in that position. And so I left that career. And with that came a lot of um, having to release like what was expected of me or what I thought I was supposed to do of letting go of like, um, like what you, what you should do. Right. So I was only a few years out of college. I had a really wonderful academic career. And I went and became a yoga teacher because that was really where I felt called to be in that season. And I had doubts of like, well, then why did I why did I go through this career of, of academia? And will my parents be disappointed in me? Or what kind of example am I setting for my younger siblings? You know, all, all these questions, right? And eventually I just had to be like, no, this is the thing that's that keeps coming up for me time and time again that I want to pursue. And I'm going to start to listen to that inner intuition, right? I had repressed that for so long 
And I was finally like, let's just, let's let go of the perfectionism. Let's approach this as an experiment and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, girl, I just fell in love with teaching yoga. I loved being in a studio in a space with people physically together and moving through the physical practice together, but also the connection that you make on a, on a deeper, more yeah. emotional, relational level, right? Mm-hmm. It was, oh, so beautiful. And I loved it so much. I did it for years. Um, and then eventually we were living in the Midwest at the time and we knew we wanted to start our family. So we moved back to the East Coast because that's where all of our family is from. We're like, at the very least, we'll be in the same time zone as everybody else. So we moved back East. And when I was pregnant, I was horrendously sick all nine months. And so I couldn't actually teach yoga. Like physically, I wasn't able to. And so that's when I leaned in and I became a certified health coach because I was like, well, if I can't meet with people in person and be in the studio together, I could be an online health coach. I can meet with my clients like we are right now via Zoom and connect with people in that way. And then I had children and now there's two of them and they take up, you know, a lot of time. And I, one of my purposes is being a mom. Um, but I wanted to continue having, you know, leaning into that, that desire to, to connect with people, to serve them, to encourage them to live by design. And I realized like, okay, maybe there's another path on this journey. And then that's how I started my podcast was, I was like, how can I take what I've learned through Mm -hmm. my coaching practice, all of my personal development that I do for myself, what I learned in the yoga studio and share that with more people. And Mm -hmm. and that's how I started the podcast. I remember I had this moment where I was saying to myself, like, I'd really love to start a show. And one of my very best friends texted me out of the blue and was like, Hey, Kate, I think you should start a podcast. And I was like, what are you that's in my brain? Yeah. I was like, okay, universe, I'm going to do it. And that's how I started the show. And I remember again, having to face those, those same things again, like I did when I left that career that wasn't fulfilling for me, the, the doubt, or, you know, do I, would I be good at this? Like letting go of that perfectionism, mm-hmm. that desire to show up perfectly from the very beginning. Um, I took like a course that was, it was very rudimentary. It was like PDFs basically that I read and my youngest was still nursing at the time. So I would sit in the rocker at night nursing him. Gosh, that kid loves to eat. So I was there a lot. (laughs) And I would just pull up this course on my phone and read through it and was like, okay, here's how to pick a title. Oh, here's how to write your description, all the things. And I just, I broke it down like all things in life. I just try to break it down into little steps, right? Like, okay, let's lay the foundation and then like, let's sit down and just start recording and go for the first four episodes. I set up, like, I've got my, my fancy microphone here, right? I set it all up. I did not set the input correctly. And I recorded on my laptops, like horrendously bad microphone, but I was like, you know what? I'm never going to get the gumption up to sit down and record these first few episodes again. So I'm, I'm just going to use the audio. I'm just going to put it out into the world and give myself permission to like learn and grow as I go, right. Mm. To just learn through taking action. Um, so that's a a very (laughs) long story of how I became a podcast host and how it is that I do what I do, but I think it's important to, to tie it all together, right. To show that, you know, I had to show up imperfectly and I still have to show up imperfectly all the time, right. Because we never do something new, nothing changes, right. Nothing changes if nothing changes. And so that means we have to try new things and we're not good at new things usually when we try them and that's okay. Right. I mean, there's so many things in there that I'm going to, I want to unpack with you. One of the things that you said really struck my heart was 
we, you know, we, we grow up and it, for those of us who are academically, who excel academically, I should say, you know, because you work very hard. I mean, I, by all accounts, I should not have done academic work because I'm severely dyslexic and whatnot, but I did exceptionally well because I worked bloody hard. So I, and it makes it even more difficult to let go of that side of you when you have put so many hours in. Like I did, I went to college, I didn't do anything. I went to university. I, I promise you, I studied and that's it. I was studied, I came home and whatever else. I I did not do the partying thing. I didn't go do any social thing. I couldn't because I was studying so hard. It would take me, mm. you know, it took my, and I did law degree as well. So I did, my my colleague would spend half an hour reading something. It would take me at least, at least two hours to read the same section, at least. So I understand if you put so much time and effort and energy into a particular career, and then you achieve a certain level of, um, you know, success in that or, you know, status that goes with it. You know, obviously living in this 3D world, we do have that ego there as well. And then when you want to let go of that career, you have your own doubts. Like, what are people going to think? What Am I stupid? Are they going to think I'm crazy? You know, am I am I having a midlife crisis? <laughs> and you're like in, in the quarter life, like, a, yeah. you know, is, that, is that me? Um, and then you have the other things. So, okay, so my family has certain expectations of me and other people around me. And, you know, there's, there's a whole array of things. It's not just perfectionism. It's just that you think, am I doing something stupid? Am I stupid? Or are people <laughs> going to think I'm stupid? And I could relate completely because when I decided to... First of all, I, at one point in my life, I, I chose to become a stay-at-home mom, um, and I'm I'm a lawyer in three jurisdictions now. At that time, it was two. I qualified actually when I say well, became a stay-at-home mom to a third one as well because of my experience. I was able to qualify as a fully qualified solicitor. Yet I was a stay-at-home mom. I was working. You know, for me that was a very important element. And my brother and my father just could not fathom the idea. Why would he do that? You know, why are you home? I, especially my dad. My dad was really against the idea. Obviously, I didn't listen. I said, no, my me, my children is more important. And then when I went through a certain life, I chose to become a money mindset coach rather than sticking to the, you know, going back to the legal field. Again, my brother and my own father couldn't understand. And that, that's what I'm saying. I could see the same similarities in my life. When you're thinking, well, what are parents going to think? You know, are they going to be disappointed in me? What are my siblings going to say? I, you know, I'm supposed to be the eldest. I'm supposed to be leading by example. And the reason why I'm highlighting this is there will be so many people on this call listening to this conversation think, yeah, that's how I feel. I'm in this corporate mm-hmm. career. And because most of the audience is either corporate or ex-corporate, then the corporate career, I've invested all this time and energy and people have this expectation. They've got the label attached. I'm an accountant. I'm a doctor. I'm an architect. I'm X, Y, Z. I'm a, you know, executive of blah, blah, blah. They have this label, which becomes part of their identity. And then, but then that identity is no longer serving them. And this is the biggest crisis. The crisis isn't perfectionism. The crisis is you have, you're married to an identity that you no longer identify with. Mm. And that's where the, you know, the internal tension starts. I don't want to be this person, but I am this person. But if I stop being this person, then who am I? And will people still love me? You know, the old idea of, you know, people loving me. It's very difficult to break free from that. And I, I mean, most people like myself, I don't, and the reason why, again, I'm going to highlight this, and I congratulate you on this, by the way. I went through a life crisis. My, I think Divine Synergy knew me. Inside, <laughs> I knew I was not going to let go of that identity if I didn't go through crisis. 
I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. We sometimes have to, in order for us to change, we have to go through a river of change and that's where the crisis comes in. So you literally fall apart. My whole life fell apart before I could rebuild again in a different direction. You chose to not wait for the crisis. You just recognize the internal tension and said, you know what? I'm doing well in this career, but this career is no longer for me. And at the age of 25, that is bloody young. Most people have not even understood that they have this tension. They're still, you know, it takes them at least another five to 10 years thereafter, hence the midlife crisis, which happens in the mid 30s to early 40s. They haven't even understood it. I want to know what, what triggered you to be so wise at the age of 25. <laughs> and I promise you, there'll be a, plenty of entrepreneurs listening to this right now. And they're probably in their early or mid 30s, even early 40s. And then they go, well, I'm 40 something and I'm in this career and I've been stuck here for the last 10 years and I've been thinking about it for the last 10 years. I can't let go. How can I let go? So, talk us through what went through your head how did you let go yeah and, and become a yoga teacher it's it's a big big thing to go from a uh, from an academic career to becoming a yoga teacher because that's just seen as as flimsy as fluke as something like you know not very you know not very intelligent people do this if someone is out with the fairies and you know you think of people going to India it, it's it's not maybe not so much now because I, I I love yoga but I think when when you're saying it it still mm-hmm. wasn't, it was still seen as a, as, yes, you're a yoga teacher. You must be the sexy yoga teacher who just is, you know, nothing, nothing. <laughs> it's that kind yep. of image. How did you, how did you transition? That's my question. Yeah, that's such a great question. I think a lot of it for me in terms of like, where did like the wisdom come from? I don't, I don't know how wise I am. I think a lot of it was just life experience growing up the oldest of a fairly large family, having a sibling who required a lot of time and attention. And Mm. so I've always been very self-sufficient, even at a very young age, right? I was, get sit me down with a box of crayons and I would just color for like two hours. (laughs) I was just like very content with my own company. And I, I think part of that is what helped me maybe identify this at a younger age, right? Mm. At the quarter life crisis stage, maybe not the midlife crisis stage, because I, have spent a lot of time with myself. Um, I, I like my own company. I take myself out for meals and like movie dates, you know, and I like to spend time alone. And that allows me to be kind of in touch with like how I'm feeling. And does it feel like, does it, do, how does it feel? Does it feel, is there ease to it? Or is there that inner tension, right? That you're talking about mm-hmm. that, that where you're just like, oh, something is not quite right. And you have to start to, to think about that. And to be totally honest, I think at that time, that was exactly how I felt the way you described of like, you know, be a yoga teacher. Like what are like, you know, when I would tell people like my my colleagues at other institutions I was working with, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to hand you over to so-and-so because I'm making a transition. You know, people would inevitably ask like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to teach yoga at like the YMCA until I figure out how to teach well and other mm-hmm. places will hire me. Right. And I, I had to... One, it helped me develop a tougher skin. I had to realize like outer validation doesn't matter as much as like me feeling good about myself and the way that I'm right. Like I had to, I had to let that go. I couldn't stay tied to letting others make me feel good. 
Mm-hmm. I had I had to be like, nope, I have to do what makes me feel fulfilled. Um, yeah. I love, I think it's Mark Manson. He's um he's written a couple of books and he says, like, instead of thinking about like what is your life purpose, he tells us to think about how can I spend my time that's important or how can I spend my time well? Hmm. And that was really helpful for me to be like, no, I have to choose to do what for me is spending my time well. So I had to let go mm. of like what other people think about that and lean into it. And this cool thing happens. Like when I started down that journey, I met such interesting people, people who were on a similar path of of mindfulness and intentional living and wanting to cultivate joy and practice gratitude. These things that sound so woo-woo, right? They sound so out in the stratosphere. But when you start to layer them into your life, you really do feel a little more buoyant. For me, at least I feel more fulfilled, right? And so it's just a matter of like letting go of the people that maybe were in my life for a season, but letting go of allowing them to kind of control what I did in a way, even though they didn't even realize it by by valuing what they thought of me so highly mm. and instead choosing to value the new people that were coming into my life um, who were really affirming, who, you know, were helping me on that path. Right. So that was a big part of it was just being like, I have to the end of my life, like when I think about future Kate, like 85 year old Kate sitting on her front porch, probably still drinking too much coffee. I think about her and like, she's got this beautiful gray hair, you know, like future Kate, super cool. And when I think about future Kate, I, I just never want to look back and feel like I defaulted through my life. Like I just did what was expected of me. And maybe I had a a beautiful life, but maybe it wasn't fulfilling. Maybe I didn't spend my time doing what was important to me. Right. And that to me would, that's like my greatest fear. I don't have many fears in life, but that would be like one of them is just to look back and be like, dang, I didn't actually do any of the things that was on my heart to do. Like what if, right. And so I just had to give myself permission to show up imperfectly to be like, messy at things. Like I remember when I first started teaching yoga, I like, it was like word vomit. Like the words that would come out of my mouth was like, what did I just say? No wonder they don't know what posture to go into. Like <laughs> those words didn't make any sense, but that helped me too. It just be like, okay, well that, let me figure out a better way to say that, <laughs> you know, and helps you just learn to, to like go of worrying so much about what other people think about you and to just keep trying, keep experimenting. Mm-hmm keep showing up I think that's so important because when you were talking there I I've recently come back from a a meditation retreat um, with a well-known person and I absolutely love 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 this individual and um, I do a lot of energy work myself so I know the intensity of, of 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 something like this and I'm at the place where my mind is completely blank and I'm thinking hmm what do I want? And it's a great place to be, by the way. So I want, I want people to understand this. When your slate is like wiped clean, when you don't have those thoughts and expectations of yourself, like I have to do this and I have to be here and I have to do this, 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 this. When you can take a step back and think, hmm, what do I want? What does make what makes me happy? And maybe what made me happy two years ago, even six months ago, is not what's going to make me happy now because remember, you're constantly evolving it's a great place to be to assess who you are and you need to be patient with yourself. The word that's coming to me and has been for the, for the last, uh, cause we finished this yesterday for the last 24 hours has been be patient. Cause mm. I, at this moment, my mind is completely blank. I have no idea in which direction my life needs to move forward or has to move forward or should move forward. 
again, the word, look at the verbs I'm using, should, would, has to, etc. Because I have no idea. I, I don't know what I want to do. And there's been, I always say there has to, you know, a part of you has to die before a new part of you has to be born. And that death has happened. And I'm going through the phase when the new person is being born. And once that person is born, I have to get familiar with her again. I have to work out who the hell she is because I have no idea. Right? <laughs> yep. But this is what you did when you went to yoga. You, you, this old version of you died, a new version of his born, being born. And in between the transitionary period was, okay, what makes you happy? Yoga. Let's do yoga. Yep. <laughs> you did that without any expectation of this is going to take me here and here and here. I think the problem with people who are academically smart is we are focused, okay, I'm going to do this so I can have this, then I can do this and I can have this. I mean, I had that in my mind, you know, I'm going to go for the GCSEs and the A-levels and the degree, da, 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 da. I had my whole life mapped out. <laughs> I'm at that moment in my life right now, again, where I'm like, really? Where am I going? I have no idea. Uh, and I honestly don't have any idea. And this is, this is a, it's a great place to be because mm-hmm. you don't have to answer to anyone. You don't have to justify yourself to anyone. And that includes your kids and family, by the way, when I'm when mm-hmm. I'm saying to people. You know, of course, we live in the same age and you need to be financially in a stable place so that, you know, the bills are taken care of. Yeah. But as long as that's taken care of, you need to give yourself time and space to grow mm-hmm. and learn and evolve and give yourself that time to, you know, I don't know what I'll be. Let me be your yoga teacher now. I'll figure that out. But don't let other people undermine you. Well, I remember when I first started, most of my family couldn't, this is not what the hell I do, and they couldn't figure it out. And uh, my extended family would thought I was bonkers. They thought I was crazy. What the hell is she doing? She's a lawyer. What's she doing sitting there in the front of, you know, talking about money and all of that stuff? <laughs> Same people now. Okay, so she's done well. She's, uh, you know, seen, I'm now seen as successful, but then now I'm seen as lucky. Um, mm. But I don't believe in luck. I believe that you create your luck. You create your life. But before that can happen and before you can be happy, you need to work out what you want. Mm-hmm. Half the time we are walking with the blinders on. Okay, let me do this and this will make me happy. Let me get that husband or wife and kids and then I'll be happy. Let me get that job and then I'll be happy. Let me get that $100 million dollars or get that happy. We walk around with these undefined goals or these sometimes unattainable goals, by the way, especially body-wise. I have to be a size zero and looking like this before I'm pretty. Before, all of those rubbish. You know what you mean? Oh, yeah. So here's a question to you. How do you detach from other people's expectations of you and your own expectations of you in order to find out who the hell you are and what the hell you want? Yeah, oh, that's such a good question. I think the biggest thing for me is knowing that when I started on this journey, I never, like if somebody had told 25-year-old Kate in eight years, you're going to be a health coach, a yoga teacher, a podcast host, an educator, all these things. I've been like, you're crazy. That's terrifying. No. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the biggest thing was just having an unwavering belief in myself and to stay committed to that belief. So it, it, there've been so many different seasons, right? And you learn different things in these seasons. You, like I became a yoga teacher and I learned how to speak comfortably in front of 30 or more people at a time and to control a space for an hour and to lead people through a class, right? That developed my confidence, that developed my speaking abilities, um, which all helped me as a podcaster, which all helped me in my coaching career, right? It all 
builds on itself. And sometimes you can't even realize it until you look back at it, right? It's like you can't quite see the constellation until you have a little bit of perspective in how it all comes together. And for me, I think that was the biggest part in in letting go of what other people expected and letting go of, of, like you said, especially for us academically minded folks, you know, I had like a 10 year plan when I was in, you know, in my corporate career, I was like, okay, in 10 years, I'll be a VP, da, 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 da. And I had to let go of all that. I even had to let go of having a 10 year plan for myself in that season. Cause I was like, I'm in a season of reinvention. I'm in a season of trying new things. And this might not be the thing forever, but it's the thing right now. And I just had to, instead of looking out, I had to just be like, okay, the commitment I made to myself was that I would show up, would spend my time doing what feels important to me, and I would give it my best every day. And there's a lot of permission in that because your best can change from day to day. Yes, absolutely. You have kids, you know how it goes, right? Sometimes I have a day where I show up and my best is like, well, my kids have a stomach flu. So like my best is keeping my humans alive, right? And maybe I don't even get to work on my business that day or I don't get to teach yoga or whatever it is. Um, And then maybe the next day I wake up and my best is like, oh, I've got a four hour chunk of time to really lean into using my time well, right? And so it's, it's so permission giving because every day you're making a little bit of progress and some days it's a leap or a bound and other days it's just maintaining and that's okay, right? But it it's just so important to, make that commitment to yourself. Like when I started that journey of leaving my corporate career and, and kind of doing my own thing, I always knew, like, I've always been like, just like you, I've always been one of the hardest workers. I know, mm-hmm. like I, I try really hard. Like I put in the work, I show up, I do, I do the thing. Right. And so when I started, even though I couldn't tell people like, well, where is this going? Or like, do you want to own a yoga studio? Like everyone wanted to know, like, what's the next thing? I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't know the next thing and that's okay. What I do know is that I will keep showing up. And what I do know is that I'm going to give it my best, whatever that looks like in each day. And what I do know is that I, I will be open to the opportunities that are presented or the opportunities that I create in being in these places, connecting with these people, doing these things, right? And so I think that was the biggest thing for me was just, making that commitment to myself and saying like, okay, like other people may not understand it and that's okay. Wonderful. On that note, we're going to wrap up and, um, and just conclude this, this wonderful conversation. I think the theme of this today's conversation has been giving yourself permission to grow and mm-hmm. to walk away, even though you don't know what your next step is. And being um, when you're when you excel academically, and most corporate people do actually, that they work really, really hard. They're the ones who work really hard at school, really hard at uni, and really hard at work. And it's difficult to let go of that hardworking nature and expectation. Okay, what's next? I do this, and then I do this, and then this. (laughs) Sometimes when you create your new life, you have to let go of of knowing what the outcome is or where you want to go. Sometimes you just don't know what you want to do, and especially when you don't know how what you feel about something you may mm-hmm. I mean I remember there's a time when dancing was my passion I absolutely loved love love dancing now it's okay it's something I enjoy every now and again on you know when it's like you know when this retreat when it happened and you have this dancing moment but it, do I does it make me happy the way it used to no and I was crazy about it at one point so Things can change. How you feel about certain things can change over time. Mm-hmm. And it's giving us a permission to evolve and change and accept the fact that 
you have to constantly get to know you who you are and allow yourself the space to grow and change okay so thank you so much for this wonderful discussion please tell us Kate how can you find you where can you find you on the internet Oh, thank you so much. Yes, this has been such a pleasure. So thank you for having me here. My website is misskatehouse.com. So just mskatehouse.com. And that's where you can find the Live by Design podcast, my women's community, uh, one-on-one coaching, all those good things. But really, that's that's the home of all that I do over in the Live by Design company. Fabulous. If you're listening to us on the podcast, then the link that for Kate is website will be in the show notes. And if you're watching us on YouTube, then down below in the description section once again we'll have the links for her thank you so much kate for being such an awesome guest for us today on friday feature we have to have you back in mind talking but today thank you so much for being an amazing guest thank you and thank you for listening to me and kate today i will be back with another amazing guest from friday feature finding out how they change their life by changing their life uh, by changing the mindset until the next time me this is girl Khan signing off take care and bye for now If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.